fighting, hatred, fear. Had enough of the noise? I'm your host, Dr. Henry Ely, and each show, as you know, we begin with gratitude. Today, folks, I'm grateful for the Almighty. I'm grateful for God. And I'm grateful that through this journey, especially the last two years, that I've refound, you know, this, this connection, right, to where I come from. You know, where we all really come from, where all goodness and all love emanates from. And that's God. You know, I, I've been so blessed through these horrible times to meet incredible people, you know, um, and work with them. You know, my brother Kevin Jenkins, my brother Tom Renz, my brother Jonathan Otto, my brother Sayer G, um, my sister Leah Wilson, and uh, Alexis Baden Mayer with the Organic Consumers Association, and you know, um, you know, Pastor Dave, the Church of Glad Tidings, and uh, Peter, uh, the wonderful Peter McCullough, and the incredible Dr. Judy Mikovits, and Dr. Robert Young, and Dr. James Lyons Weiler, and Dr. Sin Hang Lee, and um, you know, just. You know, Brother Malcolm on this on, on this platform, just so many incredible people. Um, you know, uh, Tara Thornton and my God, you know, um, so many people. Uh, just Commissioner Starrett and Senator Dennis Linthicum and Senator Kim Thatcher and Kelly Mordecai and you know, I mean, just I can keep. I, I would need literally a whole show to list off everybody by name. So if I didn't mention you by name, it's not because I don't love you. It's just I don't only have a certain amount of time to talk. And we have a great show for you today. I've met incredible people who've been through this thing and suffered too. Uh, I've met Ernest Ramirez. I love that dude. Um, I can't wait to get him on. I'm going to get him on this show um, real soon. I'm going to write myself a little note about that. Um, I've met um, Stephanie and Maddie DeGarry, you know, and um, Amanda Damien, um, you know, Steve Kirsch. I mean, you just keep going down the line. It's just incredible people after incredible people. But the people I really, you know, I, I have so much love for the mama bears out there, the incredible mama bears like Stephanie um, DeGarry, you know, and like someone you're going to meet today on today's show, Jennifer Jones. Jennifer is going to tell you the story of her daughter, Riley Jones. And I want you to hear this story. You need to hear this story because this is a story of triumph right now. We've had a breakthrough in a severely injured, genetically modified child. We've had a breakthrough. And I'm so excited about this breakthrough. So, so excited about this breakthrough. And we want to share with you how we got to it. But we're also going to share with you the experiences and why it even came to be. We're going to talk about the role that the 
schools are having and indoctrinating our children and so that children go home and put pressure on mom and dad to get the damn shot. Are you kidding me? This predatory, unacceptable, predatory, almost pedophile-like behavior. It's almost like a pedophile in an ice cream truck. They're having these little shot vans in front of schools. Are you kidding me? Our tax dollars are paying for this. Are you kidding me? We're going to talk about how mom was vilified by the medical institutions, by doctors, and how they called child protective services on her for simply asking questions about what options she might have to help her daughter who is injured by the shot. We're gonna talk about the crimes that the hospitals have committed in not reporting to Varus, to the Vaccine Adverse Events Reporting System, how they just dismissed that there's no way what Riley was going through could have been caused by the experimental shots, the nonsense of that. And how instead they flipped it on mom and reported her to Child Protective Services. We're going to talk about that. And we're going to talk about how mom has triumphed anyway. How the love of a devoted parent triumphs over all because the love of a devoted parent is an expression of God at work. I mean, can I get an amen? God at work. That's why you don't mess with mama bears. That's why we love our truckers in the convoy. We love our doctors who are speaking out and the scientists and the attorneys. You know, my brother, Tom Renz, I don't know if I mentioned him. If I didn't, I'm just mentioned him twice then. The work that all of these dedicated selfless people are doing, it's a privilege and honor to be around all of them. A privilege and an honor to serve these children and these parents and to be involved in these stories like Jennifer Jones and to get through a breakthrough where we got a breakthrough. Something great just happened. And a child that was having trouble walking and could not walk is now walking. Can I get an amen? That's the story you're gonna hear today. Can I get an amen? I love what Pierre and, and Paul Merrick are doing with the FLCCC and really bringing a lot of awareness to what's going on with that there are actual severe injuries. I've been following what Pierre and Paul are doing. There's a couple of little small holes, in my professional opinion, in their protocol. And that's not a fault. That's just my opinion. Don't take it as I'm talking any shit. I'm not. Okay. I love those dudes. I have the utmost respect for those dudes. So I'm hoping we can collaborate and shore that up because they have such a great reach. And I'm talking to them. So hopefully Pierre will be down with it. We'll see. Maybe I can bring Pierre on the show too. But what I'm getting at, folks, is this. There is a real problem here. Kids are being under predatory uh, behavior. Parents are being vilified and punished for simply asking questions. And children are suffering as a result. And we got to change that. That's un-American. I don't care what side of any political aisle you are on, that's un-American, that will not do, that will not stand in the America that we are going to build together. It will not stand. So we're gonna come back right after these messages with Jennifer Jones. Stay tuned. This is a story you wanna be aware of and you wanna share with people so that people who are doubting that this is going on have proof that their doubts 
are unsubstantiated and they better rethink some things because the CDC is nothing more than a predator right now. The pharmaceutical industry is nothing more than a predator and they're coming after our children and that will not stand. Energetic Health Radio is sponsored by the Energetic Health Institute, an amazing school for amazing people just like you. Sickness is slavery, but health is freedom. Are you ready to take control of your health and rediscover how good it feels, how good health feels, how good true freedom feels? Well, come and check out one of our amazing certifications in holistic nutrition and detoxification and fasting and vaccine education. Come and check out some work we're about to release this month on the art of fasting and the art of eating healthy and the art of cellular healing so that you can know in simple terms what you can do to help keep you and your family in the highest states of health. Learn how many nutrients your body needs, which nutrients you need, how much of those nutrients your body needs. Learn how to go without eating and stop eating yourself to death and enjoy how you feel. Learn what every doctor should know and learn from people who really care. Learn and love what you'll learn for a lifetime. Go to energetichealthinstitute.org and bring the joy of energetic health into your life. We'll be right back with more Energetic Health Radio right after these messages. Oral hygiene hasn't changed in 50 years, but our diet and the way we eat has, creating an environment in your mouth for bacteria to wreak havoc on your teeth and gums. For better oral health, get Spry Dental Defense, an oral care line designed to combat acid-creating bacteria. The toothpaste, mouthwash, mints, and gum all contain xylitol, a natural ingredient shown to dramatically improve oral health. Spry can be found online and at all fine natural retailers. Trouble getting to sleep and staying asleep can be infuriating. Your mind races. You toss and turn, and the harder you try, the harder it is to drift off. And today's digital age makes it even harder. You're not alone with this struggle. Poor sleep affects over 70% of Americans. Even the Centers for Disease Control labeled insufficient sleep a public health epidemic. To take back your sleep, Healthy Cell has created REM Sleep, the only sleep supplement made to support all four stages of human sleep with calming herbs, amino acids, and sleep hormone support delivered in a patent-pending, pill-free, ultra-absorption microgel formula that tastes great. Fall asleep, stay asleep, sleep deeply, and wake up refreshed with Healthy Cell's REM Sleep. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 20% off your first order. That's HealthyCell.com, H-E-A-L-T-H-Y-C-E-L-L, and use code OUTLOUD for 20% off. All right. Welcome back, everyone. I'm with Jennifer Jones and Jennifer Jones is the mother of Riley. um, And uh, we're going to we're going to talk about Riley's story in this segment, Jennifer. But we've had a tremendous breakthrough in the last, you know, I think week or so. Um, And I just want you to share with the audience about, uh, you know, everybody knows that 
Riley was uh, injured by the gene modification shots. You know, she's a young little girl injured by the gene modification shots. We'll talk a little bit about what she's been going through, but having gotten to a point of breakthrough where you're seeing some great signs of recovery for her, how does it feel for a mom with everything that you've been through right now? How are you feeling? Hi, Dr. Ely. Thanks for having me. Um, yes, I feel so happy right now. Um, I have been um, through the ringer, and I can't tell you how happy it is to see my daughter um, back to her normal state. Her her brain fog has lifted, and it's been incredible to talk to my child again for something in a way that I haven't been able to talk to her in months. So um, I feel overwhelmed with joy about that. I have, I'm also filled with overwhelmed amount of anger that I've had to go through this, mm-hmm. um, that other parents could potentially have to go through this. I am full of rage when it comes to that. I, um, I am full of, um, joy and gratitude to others because I know that if it wasn't for the community that I found here, um, I wouldn't be in the same position that I'm in right now. And we wouldn't be as far as we are, but I've got some really, really strong troopers along the way that have been encouraging me. And um, so that's how I'm feeling right now. So, yeah. What, and when you say community, I think a lot of people would want to know, like, what, what community is that? The vaccine injured community. Um, that's what they've been. We've been calling ourselves, I suppose, is the vaccine injured, but Really and truly, we're just normal people that have stumbled this thing called life and all ended up in the same position. Mm-hmm. Well, now give our audience a little bit of background because Riley had brain fog going on. What other? What were some of the other things that Riley was dealing with as a fallout, as the adverse events from the uh, gene modification shots? Um, so Riley um, had the mental... Hmm. Cognitive decline. She had memory loss. Um, she had variety of different symptoms throughout the process. Hers didn't come on all at one time. It came on over a period of time. Um, she started with blackouts, and then she would faint after them. And then she had no recollection. Obviously, she's blacked out. She had no recollection. They put my daughter in the psych unit for three and a half weeks. Um, and then she lost her ability to feel from the waist down. Mm-hmm. Um, shortly after that, she lost her ability to um, feel sensation when urinating. And that was very problematic to have an eight-year-old in Japan. Um, she had chronic neck and back pain. And those are majority of what the big things that really happened to Riley during this time. So let me, let me recap this for the audience. So we have a situation where uh, Riley gets a shot, right? And how many shots did she get? Did she get one? Did she get two? She, she was only vaccinated one time. Okay. And what was it? Was it Pfizer, Moderna, J and J, which one? It was Pfizer. It was Pfizer. January 6th. January. So January. And, right. Yeah. Oh, so January 6th, she gets the shot. And then we start, did she have a reaction pretty immediately to the shot? 
get a rash afterwards, mm -hmm. um, a few days later, and then she caught COVID on the 12th of January. Mm -hmm. And additionally, she had um, anesthesia on February the 9th. She had, she also had anesthesia on January the 3rd. So um, we think, we just believe there's a combination of things that hit the immune system that messed something up in her. <laughs> like, I can't, I don't know. But, but then what happened for her was a, a slow decline. It was, seemed like it was, a, you know, she started having blackouts, things like that. And then it progressed into, um, it progressed into her losing her ability to walk and kind of coordinate motion in the, her lower extremities. It led to her ability, inability right. to feel her bladder getting full. So she had to wear a diaper. I mean, this is a, this is a pretty nightmare situation for an eight-year-old, let alone a family and a mom taking care of an eight-year-old when you were told that these were safe and effective, right? When, yeah. when when the marketing is safe and effective and then the reality is you just injured my child and now I'm worried about her not, I'm worried about not only her future, but is she gonna even get to that future because I'm seeing her decline. Did you have concerns yeah. that your child was dying at any point in time? I did not feel that, okay. no. I you, didn't feel that. I felt that we were going to have to put her in a home. In, in a home for care, and, and that was going to be her life now, and that she, you wouldn't be able to take care of her. And this right, little that girl, we would eight years never old, need. is going to need lifelong care. Right. That's what, I, that's what I thought. I, didn't, I don't want to think of death of anyone, especially my child. Um, but I did think that we were going to have to put her in a home. Okay. So this would explain the joy at now you saying, hey, starting April 5th, you made you started kind of making some changes. And, yes. and we're going to I talk did. about those in the next segment, because I really want to get into the things that you did. I think that's the big curiosity for everybody. Okay, Jennifer, what did you do? Something worked. There was a breakthrough. We're happy now. What what did yes. you do? So we're going to we're going to cover that in the next segment. But I, what I want to take the audience into is your experience as a mom. Okay, for this segment. And, you know, you're you're being told by the advertising you're being told by the cdc you're being told by doctors and nurses and everything safe and effective safe and effective safe and effective before riley got the pfizer shot did you have any concerns any concerns that she could be severely injured by the shot yes for a long time i was really scared um I didn't want to get her the shot, really, truly, I didn't. But she was advocating for her for herself, and I know, you know, whether that's right or wrong. Her friends that did it, I had some peers of mine that had had children that had done it, and so that is, um, and she really wanted it. It wasn't that I forced it on her. I'd been against this thing the whole entire time. I thought it was created too quickly, and I don't know why I changed my mind. I, I guess I let, I was easily influenced and let it happen. But well, I, I hindsight's always twenty twenty. It, it always is clear vision, right? But I think what's interesting here is how does an eight-year-old get to a point where they want something like this? This seems to me like predatory behavior, you know, that an eight-year-old is being marketed to, an eight-year-old is being talked to, an eight-year-old is being made to feel like they need to get this when they have a 99.9998% recovery rate, according to the CDC and according to what uh, Dr. Michael Yeadon 
uh, has been saying is that they still have yet to produce one definitive case of a COVID caused death in the age range below um, 17, or not 17 years age, below 12 years of age, uh, anywhere in the world that didn't also have significant comorbidities, right? So it's like we start looking at necessity. I've been saying for years, Jennifer, just so you know, that these should have never been approved, let alone approved for this age range, right? I mean, it should have been a non-issue. So what do you, do you have any feelings about, uh, about how Riley came to be influenced in this way to, to want to push her mom to say, yeah, I want to get, I want to be experimented on, you know, without saying it like that, of course. But I mean, that's really what she was kind of indoctrinated to tell mom, hey, I want to be a part of this experiment. Do you have any ideas on, on, on how that came to be for Riley? Um, I know that it was that some, that at school was a heavy influence for Riley. Mm. Um, they would send home flyers. They were doing drive, you know, drive, um, walk up testing of, you know, not testing, but walk up shots, um, regularly. And she would send it home. Her peers had done it. Um, and she thought she was going to get the mask off. She was really tired of the mask mm-hmm. in school. And mm-hmm. the, theory was that they would get to take their masks off if they were vaccinated. Um, wow. That is predatory. That is absolutely infuriating that they put these masks on the kids so that they can sell the kids to, you can take your masks off if you get this experimental shot. Now go home and pressure mom and dad to do this just like you would pressure mom and dad to sign a permission slip for a field trip or something like that. It's this, they, they're marketing it to the kids. Like it's the same thing. It's safe and effective. There's nothing you need to worry about. Go tell your mom and dad, you want to get this. And then we'll let you maybe take the mask off. Are you freaking kidding me? Is that what's going on? Oh my goodness. Infuriating. Okay. So now, now Riley gets the shot. You get the rash a couple days later and what, what did you think when you first saw the rash? Did you think, oh my God, that, no, that's interesting. But if that's, what, what were you thinking about it when you saw the rash? I, I said, hmm, because it was burning and itching. And I was like, hmm, what could this be? So like I took her to kids med I, or patient first, whatever we have. And um, he was like, oh, there's no reason for it or whatever, but here's some prednisone. So he sent me home with some prednisone. Let's give her a corticosteroid because there's no reason for it. It's just happening. Her body's just going wrong. It couldn't possibly be the shot she got a couple days later. Did they did they say that that reaction right. it was wasn't from related the shot? to that at all? And no, so they didn't fill out a at all. did they fill out a Vera's report for her? No. No. So no. so he just broke the law. That's actually a felony. What that doctor did right there, and it's listed as a felony on the vaccine adverse events reporting um, uh, system site. All, all medical professionals, when made aware of a potential um, injury as a result of the gene modification shots, are required by law, specifically with these because they're under EUA, to re- file a VAERS report. So this doctor is saying it, there is no way, he has no way to prove it wasn't. But instead of just saying, um, she got the shot a couple days ago, I, gotta, I, I have a, a rash, rather than just reporting it like he's required to by law. He told you it wasn't, and he didn't file a report. Correct. Has any Vera's report been filed on Riley's behalf? I filed one. You had to go in and file one. Amazing. I filed one in February. 
amazing. Okay. And, and they called me, they called me, um, and what the happened? very next day after, after I filed, they called me and what, what but happened? I never heard what, nothing back. Nothing came of that. What, what was that conversation like? Um, they just asked me for the names of the hospitals that I had been to and what was going on with her and that when then they were with a third party contractor for bears and that they had to get all the information and someone else would be in contact with me. And that was in February. And nobody's contacted and you since. A... And it's huh? Nobody's, nobody's contacted I didn't hear you. I'm you... sorry. Yeah, no, you're fine. No, no, nobody's contacted you since. And it's June. No. Wow. Okay. So, nope. so now you have another situation where Riley at some point is hospitalized. Okay. And there's a, there's a situation between you and a doctor and the doctor is threatening to involve child protective services. What can you tell our audience about that experience? That I, we've gotten CPS caught on us twice. The first time when this first started in February, they put Riley in psych for three and a half weeks. While she was there in the first few days, they learned they had triggered, you know, they not triggered, but they had questioned her and questioned her. And they found her trauma to be that her dad drove too fast in a car one day and that her little six year old sister was beating her to death and that I apparently popped her in her mouth a couple of years ago. Those were her traumas. And they called CPS on me for that. And then um, the CPS worker came out to the house, did an assessment. She was kind of baffled as to why they were being called as well. I mean, she didn't really understand why she was being called for that. But she came out and checked on Selena, make, uh, my six-year-old, and made sure that she is, you know, not hurting anyone. And so that was just an assessment. Um, then... The big one that is really like blowing out of the water here is um, we had been to this hospital 13 times. I've had 13 ED visits. Um, and we got admitted and went upstairs and we thought that Riley may have had porphyria um, because she has a gene for it. Well, I know now, but didn't then that that doesn't, that she just has a gene, she just cares. And that's okay. So she, I kept telling the lady, like, some, you know, that it's not what you guys are saying, that my daughter's been injured. I know mm -hmm. that she's been injured. I believe that with everything I love, a kid doesn't just wake up one day and become a different person. I just don't buy that. And I said, um, a kid doesn't just go on to lose their limbs and all of that. Like, I went down the whole, the whole thing. But anyway, I ended up asking, I said, well, can we just try? And on and the uh, ivermectin and the uh, or hydroxychloroquine, and that's all I asked. And uh, of course, I was asking for the plague. They called CPS on me again, discharged us from the hospital. Um, and CPS showed up at my door the next day, and we were asked to fill out a safety plan. I declined to sign. I talked to an attorney and then he advised me to sign if that was just the thing I was signing for. Um, she came back the following week and I told her that I was busy and I couldn't sign. And um, I haven't heard from them since. They never came back, never signed that safety plan. So praise God, I believe that that is closed. Um, that was horrendous. It was absolutely horrendous. 
So, and is that the one that I wrote to the CPS agent? Yeah. On, on Riley's behalf on? Okay. So, yeah, that's so correct. Thank you. Me, we're about to go to break, but let me just recap for the audience what Jennifer's been through and why she is overjoyed that we have a breakthrough and what we're going to talk about how we think we got to that breakthrough after the, after the, the, the break. But um, you have a mom who is being pressured by her daughter to participate in an experiment that mom doesn't believe in. And where is that pressure coming from? School. That pressure is coming from our tax dollars indoctrinating our children to go home and put pressure on their parents to participate in an experiment. There's no way an eight-year-old could possibly understand. So there's no way to get to informed consent. Then you have a rash appearing days after getting the experimental gene modification shot and the doctor committing a felony by refusing to even entertain that it could be from the shot, refusing to file a VAERS report. Meanwhile, in refusing to do that and refusing to understand the potential severity, now what happens is we start to see deterioration from Riley. We get to see deterioration in her starting to have blackouts. We start to get see changes in her behavior, right? She, I saw the videos where she had, was becoming very aggressive and, and things like that. It was a nightly kind of deal for your family where you're dealing with Riley having very destructive, very unexplained and, and scary kind of destructive behavior. You're worried that you're gonna have to put your daughter in a care facility because you don't know if you can provide for her. Then it gets worse and she starts to have lose her motor function, control of her ability to walk and control of her ability to, to urinate and control her bladder, which means she now has to wear diapers. This is an eight-year-old, let alone the challenges that this is going to play for school and her, her development. And now, you, after all of that, now you have, in trying to get her help through the current medical establishment, they want to turn Riley into a problem child and say that this is uh, a psychiatric problem, not, a, not something that was caused by shots. And mom, by the way, because you're asking questions, we're going to, and trying to find a treatment for your daughter. Now, mom, what we're going to do is turn you into a villain and put you in front of CPS for being a mom. Is this, is this your experience, Jennifer? Yes, you have it head, head on. That was my experience. Okay. So audience, I'm going to tell you this. We're going to come back right after uh, these messages and talk about what we've been doing because um, I've been privileged to, to participate in, in some of the care for, for Riley with this. But um, I, I'm going to tell you, uh, <laughs> this is not only happening to Jennifer. Okay, this is not something where it's a one-off situation. It's just a horrible situation. And it only happened one time, but it was still one time too many. But it was, it's only happened once. This is happening all around the country. This is happening all around the country to parents who are watching their children get hurt by these gene modification shots. And then the child being made into a crazy person and the parents being made into a villain um, as if they're doing something wrong. And all the while, no one is addressing the key cellular concerns that are going on with the child to at least get to a point where we can stabilize their decline and start trying to figure out what's going on. Why? Because we are believing a lie, a lie that is these are safe and effective. 
You cannot say something that has injured more than a million people and something that has been involved in over 30,000 deaths reported. We know that's underreported. You cannot make the claim that that product is therefore safe. And please stop calling them vaccines. Please stop calling them therapy. They are neither. They are not vaccines and they are not genetic therapy. They are genetic modifications. And those genetic modifications are to create a spike protein, a spike protein that we know damages mitochondria, we know damages cells, we know damages hearts, we know damages blood vessels, we know damages brains. Folks, stop playing the game with them. We're gonna come right back with what Jennifer Jones has done to help her daughter and get to a place of joy. More Energetic Health Radio right after these messages. While many things we hear are lies, we know one thing is true. Viruses exist and people get sick. Look, there's no guaranteed way to keep from getting sick, but there is a way to reduce your chances. Cofix RX, the original povidone iodine-based antiviral nasal spray that you hear Dr. McCullough talking about, provides an additional invisible layer of protection from colds, flu, coronaviruses, and more. Click the banner ad on americaoutloud.com and use promo code OUTLOUD for 20% off. Stay protected with Cofix RX. Surely if you can't find it here, you can't find it anywhere. We are the pulse and voice of everyday American thought. You can listen in on our free apps on Apple, Android, or Alexa. America Out Loud Talk Radio. Liberty and justice for all. Here on America Out Loud, we emphasize optimal health, and air is the most essential element for life. The average person inhales over 35 pounds of air every day. Yet we seldom think about how to rid the air of pathogens swiftly and safely when we need to. The Genesis Fogger Plus HOCL is the only way to quickly and naturally restore air to its optimal condition. Visit genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud for a free ebook on everything you need to know about HOCL and receive a 15% discount on the Genesis Fogger with promo code OUTLOUD. With Genesis, you'll be ready for what's next. All right, welcome back, everyone. I'm here again with Jennifer Jones, mother of Riley Jones, a little sweetheart baby that is now wonderfully in recovery because she's. we've had a real great uh, breakthrough thanks to mom's dedication, thanks to the grace of God. I mean that. Um, I've been telling y'all, we just did a show with uh, Judy Mikovits a couple weeks uh, back, Dr., Dr. Judy, you know, and it was really clear. God lives in every cell of your body. And Riley is now proving that right now, which is really, really cool. So we're so, so happy for Jennifer and for Riley and for their whole family um, and, and what they're experiencing right now. We want to share with you what, um, what Jennifer has done. But before I get into that with Jennifer, I want to make sure and remind you all about the Patient Bill of Rights. Every patient has the right to accept or refuse any medical recommendation, right? And that comes directly from the American Medical Association, the American 
Association of Physicians and Surgeons, the associations for hospitals. Every hospital has adopted the Patient Bill of Rights. And if you go to the American Medical Association version of it, it's uh, the Code of Medical Ethics. It's section 1.1.3, subsection D. And I have it memorized. (laughs) Y'all see, I know what I'm talking about. It says conclusively, every patient has the right, and this includes patient advocates, in this case, the parent, has the right to accept or decline any treatment that is recommended by a medical professional and also to seek second opinions, to look for other things. So Jennifer was well within her rights as a mom to say that she wanted to explore, ask about ivermectin, ask about hydroxychloroquine, ask about what other options might be available for Riley as Riley was in a deteriorating state. Mom has every right to do that. And any hospital that would call Child Protective Services on a concerned, loving parent for simply doing that. I've been in that situation, folks. I was in a hospital with my son when he was two just to get a chest X-ray to rule out pneumonia. And they held my child by, uh, under armed guard for six hours because I simply was requesting when they proved that there was no pneumonia for his release so I could take him home and take him to his pediatrician the next day. No, they held him under armed guard. That that happened in Phoenix and Mesa uh, hospital or something like that. But what I'm saying to you is, and then I got child protective services called on me and I had to deal with a child protective services agent the next day. You see what I'm saying, folks? Like that's messed up. A parent is simply exercising what their right to do is, and they're being punished for it. And so I really applaud Jennifer for being a hero, being a patriot and saying, no, I'm not going down with this. No, I'm not signing your stupid plan. And no, I'm not going to cower because you want me to be afraid. I'm not going to give you what you want. Me being afraid of you. I will not walk in fear. And that's where you know God is living through her as well. And I'm I'm telling you folks, God wears a shirt. And on the front of it, it says, I've got this. All you got to do is find that courage and stand next to God. And you got this too. So let's bring Jennifer back on. We're going to share with the audience all this amazing stuff you've done. I want to take us back, Jennifer, go ahead and unmute. I want to take us back to um, April 5th when you made a fundamental decision about what you were going to do for your daughter. What happened on April, April 5th of this year? What decision did you make? I removed Um, gluten and non-GMO from her food and I tried really hard to get organic only Mm. those are the things that I removed from her diet that's the first thing I did why why did you do that what was the what was the hope that you were doing that what were you what was your thought with that um at that point I had connected with other folks that um that had children with similar or um circumstances and they told me it all starts in the gut Mm-hmm. And so I um, started researching it, and that's how I figured it out. And also, she has um, a celiac gene, and they're pretty high. So I also thought it based on that result alone. Mm-hmm. And um, so that's how I that's how I came up with it. But it's really for the community around me, and, and then- Dr. Ely, of course. And then I, I get and then I get the call in to help out. I think we were introduced. Uh, uh, Maddie DeGarry's mom, Stephanie, introduced us, right, and said and asked if I could do anything right. to help Riley, right. And so, um, 
what did we do for Riley? What were some of the things that we started out doing for Riley to kind of help? Because you had already taken these first incredible steps. What where did I, what did I yeah. start doing to kind of help refine some of those first steps and make them a little bit more effective, I think, a little bit more efficient? What, what were some things I did? Well, number one, you had compassion and showed us that it was going to be okay regardless. And that was number one, like knowing that it's not the end of the world that we weren't going to, that she, we were going to get through it. I think that part beyond the other things that we implemented after that was um, most healthy. It was like really healthy, really helpful. You know, um, it really changed the dynamics of it for me because I knew that that things were going to get better at that point because I didn't know before. And so to know somebody that trusted us that really had her best interest at heart, really help with getting things back on the right track. So um, the other thing that we did was we put Riley on a slew of vitamins that are good for her. And then finally, which we were really strict about was putting Riley on a fasting. Um, We were very specific that Riley could only eat for eight hours a day Mm -hmm. and there would be no gluten plant-based only. Um, And then we have, really looked at all of these food sensitivities that she has and really taken them to heart into consideration. Uh, like she hasn't had chicken or turkey for three weeks. Um, we're very, very particular about her diet because we have never, ever wanted to experience that again. It was heartbreaking to see our child in that position. Amen. Amen. So what, what we, what we did was, when I came on the scene, um, we, we did a test, a delayed food allergy test, so we could say, <clears throat> excuse me, everyone, so we could say, confirm, is gluten the right thing to pull out? And we did find out that, yes, gluten was a good decision to make. Now we have the, the actual visual evidence to support that. We found that there were other foods, like you had mentioned, the chicken and turkey. Were those the other two, Jennifer? Right. The chicken and the turkey. Um, there were That's a few correct. other things that that showed up that we wouldn't have been aware of if we hadn't have done the test. And we got her diet really refined. Uh, we got her on a eight hour eating window every day so that she is going to get into autophagocytosis every day, even if it's just a little bit. It's going to do something to help her. Um <clears throat> Excuse me, everybody. And we'll see if we can cut that out. <laughs> um, and then we did uh, we did a lot of nutrients. And what was really interesting was we had gotten her started on a lot of, I always start from a basic of let's get the mitochondria within the cell producing energy. Like that's number one for me always is let's get energy production up. Then let's start focusing on um, getting the alkalinity in the environment of the cell taken care of. But we, if you don't get energy producing at the cell level, you really got nothing in my medical opinion, right? In my professional opinion, you have nothing. So we got that going and we saw a little uptick, but then something happened that freaked me out. Um, we saw an uptick for a second and then we saw acute memory loss can you tell the audience a little bit about that situation? Because that situation was a four alarm fire in my mind when, as soon as I saw the videos that you sent me. Yeah, that was actually the first day that we started the vitamins. And um, the first time um, she um, had one of her blackout episodes, it was nonviolent though. And so that was good. And we didn't really 
we didn't, we, at this point we knew how to kind of handle them. Um, but when she came out of the episode this time, she could not have, she did not have a memory. She didn't know who she was, where she was. I mean, she sat down on the floor and was like, who's Riley? Who, who is Riley? Who are you? Who am I? Um, crawled around on the floor like a little kid. And then the, um, following the following day she had no speech mm-hmm. she literally could not talk for the entire day so and the, the word would come out of her mouth without sound at, at this point and i think you're probably thinking i'm scary. nuts you're probably thinking i'm a crazy person at that point right it's like what did this doctor <laughs> tell me to do right so what what we learned but we learned tremendously and luckily really quickly from that. Um, uh, I'd been talking with Dr. Judy Mikovits about that. And Judy had said, Hey, this is a methylation. You know, you have to really look at the methylation process. And I had been studying it, but I hadn't really been giving it as much credence as I needed to. What we came to learn was that the multivitamin we put Riley on, right, for it was a multivitamin for kids, but the folate was in the wrong form. So my suspicion is that it was becoming toxic to her quickly. This is what we're learning about the genetically modified people who are severely injured is that they are they have no room for error. We're learning that they have like are so sensitive that you're walking around with the most fragile of of glass. You know, these people are like blown glass. They're so fragile, the cell communication is so thrown off. One little thing wrong and the entire system starts to break down and we start to see rapid decline happening. So getting these folks to stability is very, very precarious, but also essential. And so when I saw that, luckily, this is this is when you know God's at work. Luckily, I had just been talking to uh, Dr. Judy about methylation a little bit. Luckily, I would just been talking to her about it. And I thought to myself, my God, I wonder if this is a methylation issue and I wonder if it's folate. I don't know how I've known that. I didn't know, I don't know how that came into my head first because I've never in my clinical practice given much um, credence to the MTHFR. And I don't, I don't mean to say that I don't know it exists. I've just have never needed to be concerned about it because typically, Jennifer, when I give, uh, when I prescribe a multivitamin, it's already, the folate's already in the correct form. But in this case for Riley, that multivitamin didn't exist at that time. So we were like, I was like giving her just general form of folate. And I was like, God, it's gotta be that. And luckily when we took her off that, her memory recovered and it was like, okay, it's probably that, right? Woo, that was was a close call. But it really taught me something about what all of, especially the kids are going through that are genetically modified. And that is, Cell communication has been so greatly disrupted that we can't make assumptions that everything is working right anymore. The basic stuff is working right. So we got her on a better multivitamin and one with the folate in the correct form. We also got her on another formulation to deal with homocysteine and and something with uh, what's called trimethylglycine on it, which is an amino acid with three methyl donor groups on it. And what that does is the methyl groups are donated and they help protect the chromosome where the DNA is, right? 
And so we started setting her body up with her diet. And you had already started with the organic plant-based foods. And now she's on this eating window where she is going to get into autophagocytosis. And now we finally got her on these right version of these nutrients. See, everybody thinks that that when just because it's nutrition, that it's anybody can do it. No, there's a lot of nuance, especially for these children. So now we get her on the right form of the multivitamin. We get her on some trimethylglycine. She's her diet is getting enacted now. Uh, she's on a right. We and and what do you start seeing happening before we get this breakthrough? What do you start seeing happening in Riley as you start making these changes over the last few weeks? What did you see? She stabilized. Um, she did not get any worse. Her episodes went away. No more fainting, blackouts. Um, her, her lethargy sort of lifted a little bit. Um, overall, she just felt better, and um, it was really it was getting. We would. I don't think we would be where we are without it right now. Right. So and we right on point. So this is what I'm. This is what I've been saying to everybody is. There are really three unique stages of healing that I'm seeing when it comes to people who are severely injured with the with the gene modification shots. The first thing is you have to get the patient stable. That's all about nutrition. That's all about energy production. It's all about putting nutrients in the body, clean water in the body, getting the and and getting some intermittent fasting started to get the body into auto fat. It's all about those things, just basics, just nutritional basics. But then it sets the stage for detoxification. And we were about to take Riley into that. And we still might do some work with Riley there. We'll see. But what I'm, what, what I'm really excited about is then we got a breakthrough. And the breakthrough was she went in for low dose IVIG therapy that I didn't think was going to work. I'm going to be real with everybody. I had my qualms about it because I've heard other people trying it. And it's a little bit of a Band-Aid. It only holds for a little bit of time and stuff like that. But what I'm starting to think now, audience, and this is preliminary, is that we set the stage for IVIG to actually be a detoxifying agent for um, IVIG, for those you don't know, is intravenous immunoglobulin therapy, where, uh, 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 where it's introduced, a lot of IgG antibodies are introduced into the system, and basically they're going to start sticking to things that are not self. Now it's a little in exact, inexact science and everything. I want everybody to be aware of that. So the mechanism of action is a little cloudy for everybody, even the people who've been doing it a lot. Um, but my suspicion now is that what happened is that Riley got an, on her first dose of IVIG, first dose, because her body and her cell environment was ready for it, it actually started coating, the, the immunoglobulins coating some of the antigens that were in her body, the things that shouldn't be there so they could be removed out of the system. And Jennifer, after the first low dose IVIG with her whole system ready to go to receive that therapy that as a detoxifying therapy, what happened for Riley? Um, the next day after the first infusion, Riley was able to chuck her cane and she was um, a little wobbly at first and then she was off and we haven't seen the wheelchair or the cane since uh, May 18th, May 19th. Since May 19th. So for weeks now, Riley's doing her fourth infusion. She's doing one infusion a week of IVIG right now. Is that correct? Yes. And she's doing daily. 30 grams. And she's doing the daily same thing with 
autophagocytosis. She's in the eating window. She's eating organic. She's getting all those nutrients, right? As her base and her foundation, right? And now does she have to use a diaper at night to pee? No more diaper. So let's folks, I want you to get this. Jennifer has been through an unnecessary hell. Okay. And now her and her husband and Riley are all at a place where just by caring about someone, by understanding what a cell needs and giving the cell those needs, and then bringing in an experimental therapy, and IVIG in this case is, we got lucky. We got breakthrough. And I got to figure out why. I got to really get into the mechanism of action so we can replicate this for other, other kids around the country. But how exciting is this? It gives the affirmation that it's not going to be just one thing. It's not going to be just nutrition. It's not going to be just one therapy. So stop looking for a magic bullet. It's about understanding that there are stages to a healing process. First stage is re- is rejuvenation. You got to get the cell producing energy. Second stage is detoxification. You got to get the stuff away from the cell that's injuring it and preventing communication. And then third stage is regeneration. I think that's what just happened. I think that IVIG, Jennifer, is acting as a detoxifier for Riley's system. And that every time Riley poops now, she's going to get better. And so maybe we're going to talk about accentuating Riley's pooping a little bit and maybe getting Riley sweating a little bit to help get some of this waste out. We're going to see. We'll talk about it, right? So that her body can do what God designed her body to do, and that is heal. I'm grateful for Riley's recovery, but I just really right now, I just think that other people need to be aware and hear her story and know what we really went through throughout this process. And um, I just want to say thank you to for you to have me on your show. So thank you. Amen. I feel that Riley's cellular environment wasn't in the right state, the right pH state, the right state of nutrient availability to be able to really support her immune system and support her body healing from this. I think Riley also had an undiagnosed MTHFR um, disorder. And we did confirm that she was MTHFR um, methyl tetrahydrofolate reductase um, deficient. So she had a methylation issue. And I think that's something we've seen with a lot of the people who are injured severely by the shots. They have problems methylating. So we have to help them methylate. Um, the Energetic Health Institute is putting out three courses this month uh, in June. Um, The art of fasting, the art of eating healthy, and the art of cellular healing. We're uh, in production on all three of those courses because they're needed courses and we're writing them for uh, regular folks like you. We're not, and and medical professionals alike. I mean, medical professionals will benefit because everything we're teaching is functional. We're teaching a very easy to understand way of, of the cell. We don't need to get into the depth of that I would for a certification program, or if I was talking exclusively with um, doctors or scientists. So that's one emotion, the joy. But then there's other emotions. The other emotions are how furious I am at the schools for being predators and acting in a predatory fashion and indoctrinating kids to get a shot they don't need, a gene modification they don't need, and to go home and ask mommy and daddy 
to do it because there are shot clinics right outside the school. I mean, this is like the, the pedophile in an ice cream truck kind of thing, right? This is ridiculous that this is going on with our tax dollars. This is, a, this is an insane. This is predatory behavior upon our children. Are you kidding me? I get angry when I hear about what mom had to go through just trying to get her daughter help. She had to go through two child protective services experiences. I had to step in and write a letter to a child protective service because mom was engaging her rights as a parent to ask a simple question about ivermectin. That's where we are in our society. We're now Nazi America. You can't ask a question. We're communist America. You can't ask a question without being vilified, without being punished. You can't ask a question for your child without being vilified, without being punished by the system. She already got the damn shot. Her child got the shot. That's why they're, they, you committed a crime by not reporting the injury. The child got worse. And now you want to make mom the villain and you want to put the child in a psych ward for weeks because you gave the child an experimental shot that should have never made it out of the lab, that should have never been necessary because this never should have been made in a lab. You dig what I'm saying, folks? This is why I've been telling you for weeks we have four unique challenges. To take no offense, that's hard here. To speak truth, that's easy here. Proud of what Jennifer is doing to get that word out. To remain humble, right? I didn't heal Riley. I, God healed Riley. I helped, and I was privileged to help. It's an honor to help. Did so as a volunteer, right? This is what we do when we love, when we care, when we're compassionate. And then the fourth thing, to be selfless. This isn't about you. This isn't about me. This is about us. Let's start acting like that. Let's pick something to stay over target on. That's why I've chosen to stay over target on the grand jury work and the allegations of criminal fraud and criminal willful misconduct. That's why I'm choosing to volunteer to work with injured children. Why not help injured children? Why, why would you not want to help injured children and see what you could do for them? Especially children who were indoctrinated by liars. Call them what they are. They are liars. All of them. Everyone who said these are safe and effective, it's conclusive. We know you are lying. That makes you a liar. And that makes, if you're a government official, what you're doing, willful misconduct. God is good. And I say thank you, God, for this moment. God, may you shine your divine light down upon us all, everyone we love, and surround us in the protection of your warm embrace. I'm Dr. Henry Ely for Energetic Health Radio and the Energetic Health Institute. Next week, we'll be on with, I don't know, something else. <laughs> something else, hopefully cool and fun. But until that time, uh, big hugs, a lot of love, and a lot of aloha. To all of you. We'll see you all again next week. Peace.